0: James, who is a guy that we became really good friends with, who has Down syndrome. Um, and then honestly, over those six years, it just became like a huge passion of ours. And we just kind of saw how health and wellness has developed in James's life and how it's helped him mentally, physically, and spiritually. So we were like, instead of giving $100,000 away to a foundation that we really don't know where the money is going, why don't we start our own non profit and start a program Um, here in our own community
1: for special needs. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer, and I am the Cloudsdale. My friends, Amy Rudowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear, love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus master's age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy active life We also wanna bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale fitness and friends podcast.
2: I just want to give a quick shout out here to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear, um, on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Any of you who know me well or know um, have listened on the podcast know that I've struggled with my double under journey since I started doing CrossFit about eight years ago. Um, I started um, learning the skill by using um, a speed rope, a very thin, small-handled, Um, speed rope. And I started to develop really bad habits with that. I could never get the timing down. So I started with donkey kicking and then piking while I was jumping. And then I would just get so exhausted um, just because I was so tense while trying to learn that. When I finally switched over to the RX smart gear rope, I got a little bit of a thicker cable, which helped um, more with that timing and learning the cadence of it. And then the handles were so much more comfortable to be able to kind of focus on. And one of the cues I always like to use is like I'm flipping over pancakes, and so those handles made um, that much more comfortable for me. Um, I'm not a girl that's into a lot of gear for doing CrossFit or, you know, not somebody that needs to have a gear for this particular movement and this movement, but the jump rope is one thing that I recommend for, um, all athletes that I coach and, and just other friends who are are working on trying to improve their double under. So shout out to RX smart gear. And, um, it's definitely helped me and I hope it helps you. If you're looking to purchase an RX smart gear rope, you can use, um, our code, which is Clydesdale 15, all caps for 15% off. Um, that does not include limited editions or new releases. All right. See you next time. Yeah, so Sorry, it's taken about...
0: so long for me to get back to you.
2: Uh, hey,
3: listen, you got a lot going on, my friend. It's okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just been kind of like one thing after another thing, and then baby, and then we had our fundraiser last weekend for the special needs. So it worked out great for today
3: <laughs> yeah good well let's just get started then um we won't take too much of your time but tell me a little bit about that fundraiser if you don't mind I'd love to hear about it
0: yeah so we just have so we have a nonprofit profit called dancer love foundation in the last seven years six years we've always had the fundraiser called the Rowraiser, um but we've always donated our money to special olympics um just because we didn't really have a nonprofit. um we were just trying to like help out you know James, who is a guy that we became really good friends with, who has Down syndrome. Um, and then honestly, over those six years, it just became like a huge passion of ours. And we just kind of saw how health and wellness has developed in James's life and how it's helped him mentally, physically, and spiritually. So we were like, instead of giving $100,000 away to a foundation that we really don't know where the money is going, why don't we start our own non for profit and start a program um, here in our own community for special needs. And so last year, we made it a non-for-profit and um, hopefully in November, December, we can get our special needs program up and running where anyone here in this area can come for like, can come to the gym for fitness for free. Um, so Saturday was our annual row raiser, but we made it a glow row. So we had um, glow in the glow in the dark lights. We had black lights. We had body paint. We had glow sticks, and we just kind of made it a big rave party. And it turned out way better than we ever expected. And um, I think that's going to be the theme for the next year or two.
3: Oh, I love it! And how much money yeah. did you raise? So we
0: raised about nine grand. Awesome! And we had a month to plan it because of COVID. It was supposed to be in July. It got canceled. And then our health department decided to pass it. And obviously we're having a baby in about 10 days. So we had to plan it all within one month. And I think I kind of liked it better. It's almost like there's crunch time anyways. So might as well just get it all done in one month. And um, next year we'll have a few months to at least so we can get some more donations and some more sponsors on board, but it turned out pretty epic.
3: And you'll have to get some fluorescent baby onesies, right?
0: (sighs) Yeah, we have
3: a lot of tie dye stuff, so perfect. So, um, how did you guys meet up with uh, James?
4: Um, He, well, it's. I'll try to condense it into a shorter story. Um, (laughs) But we were kind of looking at developing our gyms, just. Ability to serve people in the community. We were really good at serving people who were generally physically fit. um, Pretty much like already in decent shape. Could you grab that bread for me? Sorry, I'm baking some bread. Um, But uh, I just kind of asked like our staff, I was like, what would happen if someone who weighed 500 pounds came in? What would happen if someone was missing a leg? what would happen if someone was paralyzed? Like what would happen if someone was blind or couldn't hear? Like, would we be able to help them? And the the answer at that time was no. Um, And that's why we wanted to start working with people so that we could confidently say, yes, we could help them. So we kind of like went on a mission of recruiting uh, these unique needs, these special needs of individuals, um, so that we could practice on them. Um, and James was kind of like the first, the first available potential special need client, um, that we could serve. And uh, a good friend of ours worked with Special Olympics and she also rented an office out of our our gym and she kind of help facilitate that and got us connected with special Olympics and got us connected with James and a number of other special need athletes. And we just started um, hanging out really, and just kind of getting to know them and just understanding more about their life and how they move and how they eat and how they think and how they're coached. And we started working to develop uh, our program, if you will, uh, that would uh, allow us to better serve people with, uh, unique and special circumstances.
0: And then we became best friends with him <laughs> through the whole know, process. It's such,
3: you guys have such a sweet relationship with him. And, and I feel like you guys have really sweet and real relationships with everybody <laughs> that you come in contact with. Um, it's kind of refreshing to see, you know, two games level athletes who, seem to have like zero ego and just uh, an outpouring of love for, for people, which is one of the main reasons why I wanted to talk to you both, because you just, we need more of that, uh, in today's society. And, um, it's just really great to have you guys on. It's interesting. You talk about adaptive athletes. I have a, a small affiliate here in Delaware, and I've gone through a couple certificate courses for adaptive training as well for that purpose so cool. to try to sort of diversify my client base. And I do work with a couple kids now that are on the spectrum um, and, you know, and require some special, um, uh, training methodologies and things like that to sort of have them active for an hour. And I've reached out to like the local VA hospitals for, you know, physically adaptive athletes and things like that. So I might have to hit you guys up later on and and talk a little bit more about that, you know, off air, (laughs) if you don't mind sharing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And honestly too, like the way we started it, um, even before the moment that James came in, we have a friend that is in the CrossFit world, and they have a daughter that has special needs, and they have a daughter um, that has Down syndrome. And we kind of asked them too, like we reached out to them, was like, "Hey, what do we do?" You know, and he's like, "You just have to start it. Like, you just have to dive in. You just have to get to know them, become friends with them, figure out what they're like, like how they move, they think, and all that." and honestly, that's kind of what we did. We just became friends with them and just kind of moved forward from there. You just kind of have to jump into it and, um, get to know the client and you'll figure it out as you go along. Cause every knee, even if it's just down syndrome in general, like every single individual is so different, even if they have the same, um, the same situation, but Every single one that we have that come through our gym is so different that you just have to build that relationship and figure out what's best for them. So that's literally the best advice I think that we could give anybody because that's the advice that we received when we first started. So
3: I love it. I love uh-huh. it. So 10 days away from having a baby, uh, oh, maybe yeah. this will be your last uh, official appearance prior to uh, to giving birth. That would be kind of cool. We hope so at least. <laughs> It um,
0: definitely might. I think like all moms say this though, but like, they're like, Oh, maybe today's the day. Like I'm feeling like today. And then like a week later after their due date, they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm still, I still have this human inside me. So I know every mom probably says it. And then everyone says it's unlikely to go early on your first but I could go for this weekend. That would be That would great. be cool.
3: That yeah. Would be we would cool. love to yeah. meet
0: her any, any second now. So, but I tell her every day she can bake as long as she needs it's her agenda, but yeah, it'd be great if she made it comfortable.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. That's all what we're hoping for. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sam and Jen, how did you guys meet? We know a little bit about your athletic backgrounds in college and Jen, you know, you played professional soccer out in Sweden. How did you guys hook up?
0: Um, It's kind
4: of a, it's so professional soccer in Sweden is a great segue into us meeting. So yeah,
0: so (laughs) I professional soccer in Sweden and then, um, I had a boyfriend in Sweden at the time and we, you know, we went our separate ways and I usually stay in Sweden for all like the festivals and um, we get two months off, one month off completely before the second half of the season starts. And then the other month is training again to prepare for your second part of the season. Well, um, I decided to come home to visit my parents for the week just because it's a lot easier for me to come home for them to come over. And during that week, I went to the YMCA with a girlfriend. She's like, hey, there's this hot guy that trains people at the Y. So we should go check him out. And I'm like, all right, fine. Like, So we know we get on the ellipticals at the Y and we're like running and we can't find this guy anywhere. And so uh, my friend Rachel's like, I swear he's here every single day, but we never found him. I found out later he was having eye surgery at the time. That could be another subject in a second, but um. So he wasn't there. So I found another friend um, from high school that was like, oh, there's this guy. He usually is here every day. Same guy we're talking about. He's like, but um, he's doing CrossFit for free in the park. That's something that you probably would enjoy. I dabbled a little bit of CrossFit in um, Sweden. And so I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll check him out. Um, An hour later, Sam calls me because my friend Brad must have sent him my number so Sam calls me and he was like hey I think you're a little bit more advanced than what we're doing with you know CrossFit in the park I would love to bring you on as like a personal client for a week and I was like you know I'm just not really looking for like having to you know pay somebody for a week and I'm not really looking forward to like this is my week off I just kind of want to chill but I was like I'll meet him once we'll see what happens because everyone says he's super hot so I'll just meet him <laughs> and so I met him super big stud i will have to show you a picture i'll text you a picture after this. so what he looked like when i met him but he was like 200 pounds he had um this kind of like short on the sides, but kind of like mohawky on the top it was kind of like this college thing at the time and um yeah and he was super chiseled like 200 pounds and um so I was like okay I can hang out with him for an entire week um I thought he um was gay so I had to ask him because I just kind of wanted to know you know just be a little nosy and um, so he was my personal trainer for an entire week he was like Jen I have a girlfriend of six years I'm like well that sucks <laughs> mm-hmm. and he um yeah he was an art major in college so just, just a different guy that I've ever ran around. I've only ran around, you know, jocks, which he is a jock. He played football, D1 football and everything, but he was just so passionate about fitness and passionate about the small things. You know, he was just such a loving person 24 seven. I'm like, this can't be real. And um, so anyways, he has a girlfriend of six years. We trained all week. I paid him $240 <laughs> and All we did was mobilize and do just like stretching and rolling out and obviously everything that I needed. But at the time I'm like, why am I paying you $240 to do mobilization? You know, like I want to go run or do something, lift weights. And so that was kind of our relationship. It ended up being like the one thing I needed. I took it all back to Sweden, changed my diet. It completely changed the the entire trajectory of like my sporting career had the best season of my life because of my diet changes. He just told me to do some gluten-free stuff because I had some inflammation and some dairy-free stuff, super simple. And, um, I mobilized every morning, every night, and it literally changed my semester of, um, my last season. So yeah, that's kind of how we met at then the we, okay.
4: <laughs> Then we talked on the phone for like
0: five months yeah so I moved back to Sweden he was like so then last night that I was here I was like he goes he calls me at 11 o'clock at night and he goes hey is Christ the number one thing in your life and I was like yeah it's a really weird thing for you to ask me at 11 o'clock at night he's like well we have a problem and I was like you don't love Jesus like what's your problem you know and he goes no I love Jesus he's like but I'm in love with you and I was like okay well that's a problem because you know he had a girlfriend at the time I was moving back to Sweden for at least another six months, five months. And so I said, time will tell. Um, Actually, I said, this is
4: like some classic Jennifer stuff right here. She said, are you sure you just don't love the idea of me?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was a professional athlete. Um, He was trying to get some clientele for his name to be a little bit bigger. And like, you know, his personal training world. And the little cocky professional athlete that I was at that age, just asked them to make sure, are you sure you don't like the idea of me? And he was like, screw you, Jen. I just told you I was in love with you. So I said, and I don't think I said, I love you back. I don't really remember. It took me about like two weeks to know that I was in love with him. But I went moved back to Sweden. And about a month or so later, we started talking on the phone and Skype and um, we fell in love over well. We both fell in love then. After that, over almost the phone. fell out
4: of love, like talking on the phone. <laughs> we were so like it's oh, just because we were so miserable with our schedules. Like she would wake up super early to talk to me, and I would stay up super late to talk to her. And then I would have to go into work at 4:30 a.m. and I'd be working till nine at night, not eating any food, sleeping at the gym. And coaching every single class that we offered. And
0: it was and, pretty miserable. Yeah.
4: And just towards <laughs> the end, like toward the end, like I started looking like crap, about like how I look right now, just like super scruffy and like and all puffy and inflamed. And
0: my friends here kept being like, is Sam okay? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I I guess so. Like we talk every day still, but like two weeks before I came back to America we were like, maybe this isn't what we want to do. Maybe this isn't for us. And then we saw each other that day. And then obviously we fell back in love with each other and we got married five months later.
3: Wow, five months, I love it. So you knew, you just knew. Yeah,
0: I knew in like two weeks. He knew the second day he met me.
3: First day I met her.
0: First day he met me. And then I met his mom the second day. The second I
4: saw her, actually, it was just like, I didn't even have to talk to her. I was just like, there's nothing that this girl could say or do for me to not love her.
0: Thank God. My mom's like, we've been waiting for a good guy to come around. (laughs) Mother's mother's dream.
1: So what's awesome for me is I was a volunteer in the Central Regional. So Mm -hmm. I got to watch you both compete uh, at the same time. And to see your love in person, it is so genuine but it's got to be so stressful because you're competing yourself and then both of you would run to be able to watch the other and support them what were those what were those weekends like
0: well i feel like for the most part i was just competing because i mean i already had my professional career this was kind of like my second professional career so yeah
4: she was pretty satisfied with her athletic career yeah this point. so I was
0: just kind of having fun I felt like if I was able to make regionals or you know able to do that well that I should just try to enjoy it and, and have the experience so I continued to keep doing it every year so I never really focused on my career at all I was always just so concerned supporting
4: with, mine yeah so Which, she, she came really really close like almost every year she did it um I think two years she was in in like the top seven or six going into like the last day. Um, But uh, yeah, shoot. It was, even though like the focus was around me qualifying, like we would still be wanting to watch each other. So it was really kind of um, catastrophic to either of our success because we'd be so worried about the other person that we wouldn't eat or we wouldn't go recover. And um, the, the second uh, there's this gentleman named Matt O'Keefe who's like he's kind of like an agent uh, he's more of a friend and just a mentor um, I don't do a ton of like business per se with him um, he like he and he helps guide me on what would maybe be a good business decision sometimes I guess he is kind of an agent but more friend and he just kind of mentioned to me he's like Samus if you just like if you stop worrying about others and you just focus on getting some food and maybe after events go and rest rather than going and talking to your supporters or talking to like, you know, people who want to take a picture with you, he's like, you'll qualify for the games. And he was pretty much right. Like <laughs> as soon as I focused on myself and got food in me and I recovered, it was like, it was I a, a think pretty much the next year I qualified. Yeah. Um, and
0: as like an individual, like we we always supported each other because we wanted to watch each other. We want to make sure each other were doing well. But once we kind of got together as a team and we started competing together, we didn't really have that, that focus or mentality anymore on each other because we just knew what we were all thinking. Like because we were in such flow and such sync as a team, eventually like we kind of grew out of having to worry about each other because we knew we would we just knew how the team was feeling how we were flowing how everything was going so we kind of we kind of distance ourselves of like after that event we would go recover what we needed to do you know we didn't have to take care of each other anymore so I think it was just kind of through our individual careers where we kind of had that oh I got to go support him or her or And I always felt bad because I was the one that um, always booked like the hotels or booked the Airbnbs and I usually royally messed up and I would have to change that because I'd like, Oh my God. She's
4: cheap. She's really cheap. (laughs) So like when you, yeah, like sometimes you get a great bargain deal and you're like, wow, nice work. But there's other times (laughs) where it's just like you cheap ass, like, yeah.
3: you get what you so pay for.
0: times i ruined those moments and I had to like, okay, this is Sam's competing weekend. Like this can't be the reason why he doesn't qualify or, you know, place as well. So there's a lot of times that like, I would take that stress and would have to just not think of myself all weekend just to make sure that he was completely okay. But again, I was satisfied with my professional career before I even started CrossFit. So I wanted him to have the experience that I have already had. And that was really important to but me. So lesson
4: learned: we we do better when we do things together.
0: Yeah, for sure.
3: Like making babies. Like making babies.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, we just killed our fish, and I can't keep a plant for the life of me alive. So totally different. I hope totally different. We can um, take care of this baby. It'll
4: <laughs> we'll be fine. Yeah. It'll we'll be fine. The plants and the fish never come with us. That's, right. that's the problem with like us having a pet or a plant is we're, well, we've been home a lot more this year, um, as you can imagine why. <laughs> um, let's see if we can go through this podcast without talking about any of that. Um, <laughs> but um, that the child's going to come with us yeah. everywhere. So I, I don't think we will kill it.
0: The odds are
4: in our favor. I think we are going to be able to keep it alive and it's going to be able to have a lot of fun with us.
3: That is, that is a great attitude. Tell us a little bit about your, your preparations the last few months. I I see on social media, lots of post-it notes, lots of, you know, mindset reminders. And I heard you one time on a podcast talking about how preparing for a baby is, is, is even more intense and obviously more important than preparing for the games. So tell us a little bit about what that looks like on a day-to-day.
0: Yeah, well, I'm really excited that you're bringing this up because we really want to um,
4: share this with people. Share
0: this with people, yeah. Not because only of how
4: g- grossly it is, like disgusting, how <laughs> how uneducated we and everyone else, for the most part, is when it comes to having a baby. Mm-hmm. And um, I've just it's been bull- I've probably read like. 20 different baby books, and I'm just like every time my jaws dropped. I'm like, no, nowhere is anyone, even if you go like to the doctor to to have a baby, they are not educating you Mm. at all. Like we have heard some horrific stories from our close friends who've gone to the hospital to have a baby unprepared basically not being educated on you know what that pro- not having a plan yeah. not having a plan on what their that day kind of looks like and things leading up to it like being uh, being fed and being well rested and mm-hmm. and, and just um, being
0: educated too of like okay if things don't go well what's that next process usually it's pitocin after that what's the next process people usually do c-sections like what are those things and why are doctors giving you those and just educating yourself on what could that process all look like? Um, so you have a little bit of a heads up of what's going on. So you can ask questions or you can say why, or um, we just realize that a lot of people just kind of go blindly into it. Um, not understanding that actual process of it, just, you know, reading the baby books of like, what's going on with your body this week? And, you know, how big is your baby? And. And, you know, maybe doing some education about breastfeeding, but nobody's really understanding what's the medical terms and the medical, um, you know, kind of drugs or the system that they're doing within the hospitals. Like that's something that I think we're very uneducated about. Yeah. And so, just like in
4: feeding mom and, and cause this is what I like get a chuckle out of this every single time. I can't tell you how many times I've heard other moms say like, e- eat. Eat Eat what you want. Eat what you want. Do it while Mm -hmm. you can. And I'm like, what? No. You're making a baby. Like, if there's one time in your life to ever be healthy. Be healthy. (laughs) It's it's when you're making a child. Um and Mm -hmm. and like it's not a free pass to just like eat pizza and McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Um, even though that's maybe what sounds good and what you're
2: what you think
4: you're craving. And I say, think you're craving because, you know, if you're, maybe if you're craving pizza, your body needs fat and carbs. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe if you're craving a big juicy burger, your body's craving protein and fat, and you just need to find quality solutions to your cravings, not convenient solutions to your cravings. They could be convenient if you're prepared, but if you're not prepared, usually convenience equals low quality. Um, And so everything from like how are we feeding mom to grow a baby, which is really similar to growing muscles and like training for the games. Mm-hmm. Um, postnatal stuff is a little different. The body, like the body, changes quite a bit, and you go into just a completely different state, right? So, like, it's well, it's it's like the exact opposite of what you just did. So you're you're almost going into a cut right? Like you have a, like a bulking phase kind of, and then you have like a cutting phase where the body's trying to get rid of excess, like water retention, uh, trying to get rid of a bunch of inflammation, trying to reposition all your organs and trying to get the skin to like go back and everything. So two completely different phases in regards to how you would um, nurture yourself uh, with, with food. And um, so and not only do you yeah. have like
0: the food aspect of it all, which is a huge component that we want to um, try to
4: start sharing more, start of. sharing
0: more of, of like what you should be eating and what you should be doing through your, you know, through your making baby stage, then um, what do's and don'ts you want to do after um, baby comes. You. Cause they're two different stages. right now. Like mom's in a hot state. We're in a hot state right now. Our bodies are hot. We're trying to keep the baby warm, all this stuff. And then when you, like Sam said, you're cutting and shedding and all that stuff's trying to be reversed, you're then in a cold state. So you need to treat your body and your diet two different ways. Uh, The only similar thing about the, like the hot state and the cold state is you need to feed your body because like afterwards you got to feed your body for um, breast milk, producing breast milk and still making that baby um, nourished. And then now we're just you know growing the baby, so you're still eating a lot like you are for the games. Um, I think I like some days I burn 2,800 calories or 3,000 calories,
4: which is more than what she would almost training for the training games. for the game. So you're I I'm gonna butcher this statistics, but it's a it's enough information to point someone in the right direction um, that like the amount of energy that is used. By a mom to make a baby is like it's way more than that of training for like an Ironman, um, and just like Jenny said, she was she's burning more calories sitting on her butt all day, doing nothing, than she was training six hours a day. Um, so it's it's quite remarkable what the body's doing and going through, and uh, and it's it's really important that we support. The body in the process and and um, like I said how grossly undereducated even we were but we did the work to get um, educated on this stuff and it was it was really cool to see how similar it was to like you brought up to training for the CrossFit Games especially in regards to just all the meal prepping and just because you don't have time for that when you're training almost eight hours a day um, yeah. and then you're like you're sleeping. So like you have to have all those things pretty much banked up so that you can just like eat, sleep, train, repeat, eat, sleep, train, repeat, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, yeah. So we, we are kind of fired up about sharing more of this uh, process with people so that we can just help get, get people educated. And I, I really truly believe like changing the trajectory of humanity is, is kind of, it's starting with, our babies and, mm. and how we're birthing them and, and how we're uh, assisting the mother in uh, in her recovery process. And I think um, once we can, well, I'm sure there's a lot to this. It's, it'd be like, you know, damning one thing for um, some sort of like being overweight. Like you can't just, you can't just say it's, it's gluten that is, led you into some autoimmune disease or Hashimoto's or something like that, or low testosterone. It's like, it's a bunch of things, but I, and even though it's a bunch of things in regards to changing the trajectory of humanity, I think a big fundamental foundational component to, um, exciting that change is, is putting our, uh, putting more focus energy and attention into uh, the nurturing process of growing a child and recovering a mother and just consciously parenting our mm-hmm. children as well. And and um, and, I and think we're excited that, to yeah, share that stuff.
0: Yeah. I think it would also too allow people to have better birth experiences. Yeah. Um, and that's where like all my affirmations come in um, is we're having a home birth. So a lot of our stuff's a little bit different, but just preparing our mindset to you can have a good birthing experience. Yeah, it's going to be yes. hard. There's going to be pain. There's going to be all these different things, but you can still prep your mind, body, and soul for you know, a positive birth experience. And, and it doesn't have to be so traumatic as the ones that we hear within the US um, and the way they go a lot throughout our hospitals. And that's why we just want everyone to be educated about that. And then we have a whole nother process for, um, our fourth trimester, which is the recovery process. And we're working with a lady named Valerie, um, Valerie Lynn, um, she's done some research for the last 20 years in Malaysia, and she's going to be our postnatal, our post, um, care coach, um, through these six to eight weeks after the baby. And it's a lot of just do's and don'ts of your diets and, um, getting your organs, you know, back into position and back to normal size and. There's a lot of things that moms don't think about too. Um, In our American culture, everyone just wants to jump back in and get back into fitness. you know. And a lot of people are like, oh, my body's telling me I need to get back. But really it's our egos that are telling us we have to get back to fitness or back to work. It's the only thing that us Americans know. And so I'm going to try to have a good long recovery for four to six weeks, six to eight weeks, Um, and I'm going to document that and kind of see just so we can kind of educate women more about how to prep your body afterwards. Everyone's always worried, you know, about the baby and the mom just eating enough for breast milk, but there's just such another, there's a whole other process that needs to happen. And, um, we're hoping that maybe after this, we can kind of maybe offer that within our gym, um, on how to have that six to eight week post, um, care.
3: So. Yeah, I love it. And you mentioned that you wanted to sort of share what you've learned about the process. What does that look like? Are we talking like an ebook, a book, a podcast? Uh, what do you think? I want well, like podcast yeah,
4: probably. probably. more podcast. I've had some like desires to work on like writing a book, and and I'll start like outlining it and stuff, and it just like it doesn't really excite me as much as I thought it would. Even though I'm sure it would be great help for people. Mm-hmm. Um, And, uh, the podcast thing is, is seems to be a better way for us to share that information. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I think it's going to look a lot more like podcast and then rather like on Instagram, just posting some picture of me lifting weights, like with some little witty quote to inspire you, um they might look like a little bit more well thought out like well researched and and um written um shares rather than just like lifting videos and inspirational quotes and stuff like that. So and and that's oh, honestly a lot of this has really come from kind of I don't know about Jen but me losing really like, I don't know if i never said it, lost it, but just, I'm like, what am I doing on, on social media? Um, and like, is this really a good use of my time? And, um, and it, it's, it's funny because usually whenever I, I ask that to myself, I get, and even if I just one person, I'm, I'm able to like inspire or help, I'll get a message from someone that's just random says like, Hey man, I really appreciate the content you put out. Even though to me, it, doesn't really feel super super authentic and like and like it's could help somebody um I still kind of feel almost like I'm playing the game of like just get likes and get followers and it's just that's makes me feel kind of gross and I'm trying to find ways to more authentically connect and inspire and educate people and um but uh, yeah, I'll still get a little message from time to time from someone when I'm thinking those thoughts of like, what is the point of me being on here? And I'll be like, oh, so someone, someone is listening or this did help somebody. Um, even if it happens to be one of those like goofy, like inspirational, like quote type things, (laughs) that's like just with a random picture that doesn't go together <laughs> uh you know that still might kind of you know lift somebody up and uh, it's good to get those reminders because of how I feel about social media these days and which is what's kind of led to um us being more interested in doing taking the podcast route so um yeah I think that's what will what people could anticipate uh, in regards to us delivering more uh, educational content is in the form of the podcast. And I've been talking about it for a while and uh, Jenny knows me very well that my pace is a really slow pace Uh, especially to hers like if Jenny said that she was going to start a podcast it would like the next day it would be started Um, (laughs) me I'm like I'm gonna do a podcast and then it's like a year and a half later
0: it's gonna be about a year until we really start our podcast and that's so that will be in um, January
4: I think um, (laughs) honestly already this child even though that it's not here has been it forced well you don't have to but for us it's really been forcing us to get organized uh, I shouldn't say us, me, to get organized for me to be a little bit more, um, uh, just manage my time better and be a little bit more effective with it, and just like have have a have routine and have habits that. Where I I just like this is when I get this done. This is when I get this done. Then I do this and then I do this and that is not me. I'm I'm more of like I do not want any schedule. I do not want any. I I just want full flow.
0: One task at a time.
4: Yep. If he gets one
0: task done, good. And if he wants to do a second one, cool. That's a bonus.
4: So, (laughs) but it's yeah, it's got it, it. It goes back to like the training for the CrossFit Games. It's that's almost like I, I almost need a, a competition for me to feel like for me to do all the things that you know I wish I would do if I just, just out of, without having a goal or without having a competition or anything like that. I, it'd be cool if I just
0: got up in the with, morning yeah, and had a schedule and had that mm-hmm. stuff,
4: but I need, I need something to kind of to motivate me to follow throughs so, and the baby has even already without it even being here has already kind of evoked that in myself and, and we're you know getting a little bit more cleaning up a little bit more or I'm prepping more more meals in advance and um
3: yeah and you have a due date getting, right you have a date yeah. so there that's kind of the goal right to get yeah, to that due date not-
0: as as much as it sucks to kind of have a date, you know, and you're just waiting for this date to come around, it is nice because you have deadlines, you know, like, okay, we need to get some stuff done. Um, So, and I like dates, deadlines, timeframes.
4: So I think this is going to be a really good, like, kick in the butt, even for my, like, my athletic career, not to make it, like, super centered on myself or anything, but because it's just going to make me a more efficient and um, just manage my time better. And it's, it's motivating, quite frankly, because yes. you just like, you want to get all these things done. So maybe you can yes. hang out with mom or hang out with baby, or um, because you have, I don't know, all, all these responsibilities, it just like kind of forces you to get organized. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm the type of guy that needs that. So I, I'm really excited to see what we become what yeah who because we're not going to be the same people that you're talking to right now in a matter of of weeks and Mm -hmm. we're gonna yeah our lives will be completely different we will be completely different and um i we look forward to that and i'm i'm personally excited to um see who we become
3: yeah who do you guys have children i i do um i have a 17 year old son and a 15 year old daughter how so, old are you i'm 47
0: what you are Yay.
3: not 47. yes i am wow
4: you look amazing
3: <laughs> thank uh, you that's so there sweet there's a really, really good filter on here it. probably
4: <laughs> i would i'm usually really good at guessing people's age okay, 30s. Yeah. yeah i would have said oh, you like you guys are sweet yeah 32 33 amazing Yay. that's so cool um, I would say
0: 37 because the glasses make you more sophisticated and I'm 36 <laughs> so I like...
3: tell you what these are these are progressive lenses so I'm feeling really old in them <laughs>
0: but mm. but thank wow. you that's you sweet. great that's amazing <laughs> nice
1: work I'm, thanks um and, and <laughs> me the old guy I have a 19 year old
4: what what no way you, How guys. Do you guys oh my gosh could you hey. imagine
1: having like someone old
4: enough to hang out with <laughs> yeah,
0: right? you guys are killing life right now man <laughs> yeah, it's crazy living life.
3: Well,
0: I, I living started CrossFit life. when
3: I was 40 so and I wish I had start, you know found it at a younger age but it's right, definitely yeah, been the fountain says. of youth mm, yeah youth it really sure. it's
4: it's been incredible watching our members like reverse their age yeah like I have a great number of people in the gym who look healthier sexier more bright vibrant and stronger in condition than they did when they were in their 20s Mm -hmm. um it's it's so cool to see people like literally i this is probably not the most appropriate word but just like getting sexier (laughs) like it's (laughs) crazy to watch people get sexier and and get older at the same time it is it it just blows my mind. It's such an inspiration to me. And like, I, like you said, I wish I would have started, That's, even though I, I, my journey started pretty young with like working out and stuff, but more of the holistic principles that are, are in within CrossFit in regards to, uh, I was just kind of like, I had this like kind of no pain, no gain mentality, which still kind of spills over into CrossFit a little bit because people do overtrain a lot. But a big part that I was missing in my younger years was uh, the nutrition aspect and uh, the taking some off days and, um, and be. being, yeah, doing mobility and, and being a little bit more balanced with the training rather than just doing things that I was really
3: good at. Yeah, that makes a difference, makes a huge difference. I also wish that I had um, been able to experience pregnancy during, you know, a Mm -hmm. CrossFit era because I had horrible pregnancies. I hated being pregnant and just, it wasn't fun. I had terrible birthing stories. So it's just nice to see that you guys are sort of bringing some of these options to light. We, we've learned a little bit about, you know, traditional medicine and the, you know, the evolution of functional medicine. And now, you know, CrossFitters are getting into this more holistic approach, to their bodies and not these cookie cutter diagnoses with mm. diet and exercise so it's interesting to see you guys sort of experience you know the ob-gyn side of things and and be able to apply those same principles and bring to light sort of some of all those myths and misconceptions that are yeah. just you know it's like herding cattle these practices are so huge and they have all these pregnant moms and they just they're just yep this is what you do this is what you do this is what it's going to be like and, and most women just sort of go through the process right instead mm-hmm. of you know taking charge and, and learning more about it so i love that you guys are doing that
0: yeah and honestly too like we are very thankful for doctors who um are good in their field and their and what they specialize in but like in australia they only do home births and then they go into the hospital if they need the intervention or some type of emergency plan
4: so like where else like nor was
0: it sweden also does Sweden has a lot of that as well but not so much but
4: we're very like it seems like the western world is very uh we think we're advanced in in our our childcare and our Mm -hmm. our like in in pregnancy and stuff but it's like we're we're kind of have like the well I think we have like kind of the worst statistics in like almost a lot of things okay. right it's, it's very
3: it's very backwards yeah yeah
4: yeah um but uh some of these ancient traditions uh we hope to kind of bring bring uh to, just bring, aware, yeah, to light bring awareness and to bring
0: back to the united states mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: so and so hopes yeah it <laughs> hopes that it changes changes the world like and really like if we could get more people um thinking this way and 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 doing these practices I think it would it would really uh, alleviate a lot of of the pain that people are in and you can you see it everywhere especially social media um just like with comments nasty comments people leave and that's like that is all just a projection of of how they feel inside and I think if we kind of got back to the roots of like where we come from and how we're um, nurturing ourselves in these early stages of development and life that we would start having healthier babies. And I think with the healthier babies would come, you know, just a healthier life in general, a happier life. And, um, and yeah, so we hope that we can play just a really small part and. um helping just clean things up here in the, in the States, especially here in the Midwest for us. Um, we definitely feel very called to be in the, um, in the Midwest area and helping people, um, just get on track.
3: Yeah. Yeah. What just a sort of introspective question for you both. Um, what do you think makes, um, the, what's the makings of a great parent?
0: We're reading this book called The Conscious Parent right now, and it's really cool. Um, We're not even done with it. I think I only got into like probably 45 pages of it, and it's mind-blowing so far.
4: (laughs) You'll have a, after reading 40 pages, you'll have a year's worth of integrating to do.
0: Yeah. Um,
4: (laughs) The answer to that question, I would say, would be something along the lines of of communication, um, which kind of stems back to Eckhart Tolle calls it the pain body Um, and I'm I kind of like that and it's and that's ultimately where a lot of poor communication comes from is the fact that you know somebody's in pain to some degree or they're sick or they have some sort of trauma um, and they're unaware of it and it's it's coming out in the form of how they speak so I think um, I think Communication is, is really, I forget exactly the words you used in the question, um, but I think that's really where um, good parenting yeah. comes from. Like, I could say something about nutrition and I could say something about, you know, being having uh, discipline and uh, being, being on schedule and managing time well and, and having good hygiene and all these things. I think that stuff is really important too. Um, but if I were to pick like one thing that is the foundation of good parenting, parenting, it's just how you, um, how you speak to one another and your child and knowing that the way you speak, isn't the way everyone speaks and the way that you hear, isn't the way everyone hears. So learning to, um, get on another person's level so that you can, kind of share their perspective and and understand where they're coming from instead of just worrying where you're coming from we're always so worried about where we're coming from and and what we're going to say next and how we feel that we forget about how someone else feels and and um just yeah learning how to learning how
0: not to project your emotions and feelings onto other people when you're parenting. That's our biggest biggest
4: fear too, as parents is like, we don't wanna, like, I want our child to just, to be themselves, to yeah. just like, I wanna help, you know, guide them a little bit and, and provide them some structure and stuff. But I really just, I wanna see what they end up being with us really tampering with it. And it seems like a lot of people spend their adult years kind of unprogramming themselves from, and it's not an attack on our parents. Everyone's parents did the best job that they could with what they knew. Even the crappy ones, even ones who were like abusive, Mm -hmm. they did not know any better. They just, they, they did what they knew. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like, we yeah, so we,
0: we had a 16-year-old foster daughter. Um, she wasn't really through the foster system, but she was one of my soccer clients, and we took her in for a year. It was supposed to be for 30 days, um, just to kind of get her a break, kind of, you know, just get her distance from some stuff. And it ended up being an entire year. And what we found out, it was how I was raised and how he was raised was very, very different. Even though we both had amazing childhoods, we had amazing parents, and we had amazing lives, we still were so, we were raised so differently that you could tell within our communications, just in our marriage, and you could tell within our parenting styles when we had a 16 year old. And um, we learned that I've always been met, like I have to have expectations. I have expectations for others. I have expectations for myself. My parents had high expectations for me and that was just normal. And so I reached those expectations and I would get grounded. I would get punished. I would be you know disciplined. Sam was never disciplined. He would go on car rides and have talks and communication and um, just like, why did you do this? or you know what made you feel like you you know what made you feel this way of why you acted this way or something like that. And so we were just raised completely different and my family is very loud. We will yell at each other all the time, but that's like what makes us close. Um, Sam's parents are very they're also quiet and they are like touchy and they're lovey and they hug and they kiss um, on the lips when they see each other. There's no way my family could ever do that, but we're we have two families that are still very close. So we kind of started realizing the patterns of what we were how we were raised were affecting our marriage relationship. And that's how I think sometimes two people um, kind of project onto their children when they have children, not meaning that it's a bad thing, it's just that we don't know any better. And so being able to see these little triggers that we have with each other or triggers that we had when we had um, our daughter for a year. And it's just like realizing and being present and being aware and communicating um those feelings so the perception of how we're perceiving each other doesn't go south um because there's a lot of times that like I'm yelling but I'm also loving and communicating is what I'm doing but to him he's like you're screaming at me and I'm in trouble even though you just said I love you so like it's just like your tone of voice, the way you communicate, the way you talk and, and understanding each other's
4: perspective. And I think yeah. that core important. language has been a big thing for us. Um, there's, uh, we mentioned that book, the conscious parent, there's another really good one called it didn't start with you. Um, and, uh, the, it didn't start with you is all about kind of healing childhood traumas and whatnot, but the, really the essence I think of the book too, is just, is identifying your core language and, um, for instance, a very simple one, uh, like, I'm killing it. Yeah, like we're, trying, like, you guys
0: are killing it.
4: we're trying to re, uh, that. rephrase it into more life affirming uh, language, right? Not something that is negative, not something that's damning, not something that is not life affirmative, right? Um, and a lot of our language. For everyone is is very much like that. You're crushing it. You're killing it. That's sick. Like these are those are all very negative, uh, non life affirming words. And so we're trying to work on you're living it. You know, saying things like, "Oh man, that's healthy," or instead of like, "That's sick." And um, yeah, so it, <laughs> those little things though go a long way. And it just like when you start thinking to that, it just brings awareness and attention to you know, how you are speaking and and what you are speaking is, is kind of like, yeah, it's like, it's what's going on on the inside. And, and so um, we're, we're trying to (laughs) change our voice and work on our insides so that we don't project any crazy bullshit onto our kids that they have to like spend their adult years, like unprogramming themselves from all the craziness that that we put inside their head and
0: I'm sure there's gonna be some things. You oh, know, yeah. it's just inedi- it's inevitable. Inevitable, yeah.
4: Inevitable kids that
0: word,
4: no, but we're yeah. not, yeah. No one's perfect. And and we definitely don't claim to be or think we are either. And it's we know that we're gonna spend the rest of our life on a journey to becoming uh, better for people, us our yeah. parents. More for us it's more more Christ minded. So um, and And yeah, and hopefully, uh, hopefully by time our child pops out that we are, um, we're communicating to her in a way and each other in a way that is life affirmative and uh, supports her in the development of becoming her uh, true, most authentic self with a heart and mind for Christ.
3: Mm. I love, I love how enlightened you both are. That's such a nice way to be. I have two closing questions. are kind of fun, kind of serious. One is, Sam, if you had to pick one quality of Jen's that could be sort of inherited by Baby Star, what would it be? And then Jen, will ask you the same question about Sam.
0: I have mine, mine's pretty easy. Go ahead. Um, mine would just be two things. Um, Sam's heart, he has such a big heart for Everybody, anybody, everything, animals, whatever it is, his heart's so passionate and big. Um, So I hope Star has a big heart. And I also hope that she has the mindset of Sam of just like, let's have fun. Like I want to have fun every day, no matter what that looks like. And I like that about him. So.
4: Jenny has (laughs) the ability to literally will her way to win and conquer anything. Like even things that she has never done before or even when she's against all odds and and maybe it's like against all odds physically or or whatever, maybe she, it doesn't matter. But Jenny just, I, I've said this since we've been married, Jenny wins, like <laughs> she finds a way to win. And um,
0: it's also my downfall. It's but... funny, yeah, it's funny.
4: Like I, I knew when you asked that question, I'm like, our answers are going to be the same thing that not only we love about each other, but the same thing that yeah. we- Makes you vulnerable. Uh, that creates the most conflict and tension in our relationship. Yeah. I don't wanna say it's something we despise uh, because we don't, we love it about one another, but it, it's the very thing that keeps us in same. in uh, tension with one another and conflict, which is not a bad thing. Uh, I was re- We were recently watching this uh, series show called The Good Place. And sorry to ruin it for some people, but it's about <laughs> going to heaven and what that's like or hell. And heaven was the good place. And in the good place, everything was so good, there was no conflict at all. And because of that, like it basically made everyone stupid. And like they were like, because everything was just so perfect and good all the time they were like going brain dead because there was nothing to nothing to create any tension or conflict or polarity where they were, they couldn't like even like
2: function yeah
4: function or like even have an identity anymore because there was like, everything was just good. Uh, so it was interesting philosophically uh, with, with that in regards to um, the importance of conflict and and how that is kind of what um, keeps us in motion and keeps us kind of
0: becoming better
4: better and evolving Mm -hmm. and and so um, yeah it's he has a
0: lot of fun and I try to win
3: (laughs) (laughs) the best of both best of both Scott did you have anything before I sum up with my last question I want to make sure we get you in here
1: no, I, everything's been awesome. I've just, are great. just I loved listening.
3: Awesome. Okay. So last question. Um, what are your hopes for the future of our society now that you're bringing this third person into the world? Um, I know you guys keep to yourselves for the most, most part. and You've been very successful in sort of keeping the outside ugliness out. Um, hopefully you'll be able to continue to do that. But what would you like to see? You know, how would you like to see the world shaping up?
4: We're definitely in a bubble. And Mm -hmm. sometimes we get like condemned for that. Um, You know, like, um, like it's our responsibility to fight this and fight this and fight this and fight this and be against this. And someone proposed a really interesting question to me uh, recently. I don't remember exactly how it went, but it was along the lines of if you could spend all your energy, uh, either uh, fighting the bad or doing good, what would you do? Would you fight the bad people or just try to do more good? And when it was presented to me like that, Uh, even though I I kind of feel myself as like this warrior spirit, uh, something that, you know, uh, fights to protect the, the light or the good. Um, but in regards to that question, I, I decided that I would just do good. And, um, and it's interesting when we do kind of put our, we take ourselves out of our bubble and we go into the real world um which for us is like it's does didn't seem like the real world our the our reality is what we've created and we're in our little bubble um but um when we do go out there it's just it's kind of like oh my gosh what it is overwhelming and I'm
0: and it's hard I think sometimes when we get out of that bubble to do good like it, it,
4: You, it almost like
0: different side of you, you out and you're like, I've never felt this, these emotions so strongly before else, you know, when I'm inside my bubble. So when you get forced to feel those like uncomfortable feelings when you're outside your bubble, it's funny because you're like, whoa, it's hard to, to be good and to do good and to, to want to be kind to those outside your bubble you know, that don't have the same values or, um, things like that. So yeah, yeah, you're right. I would.
4: So the answer to the question, I think would be, which I don't remember exactly the question, but it would be along the lines of create your own reality, like just create and make and like in, in a good reality for yourself. And I think that will, will, trickle over and, and, and spill over into, into other people's lives too. And that's really what we've been doing for like the past almost 10 years with our gym, um, is just creating a culture, creating a reality, uh, where we value, um, things like nutrition and sleep and, uh, Loving and, others and, and
0: being kind to yeah, others. Good and-
4: communication and, um, and, and holding safe space for people where they can feel vulnerable and they can share themselves and their feelings and their emotions, um, however they, they, they would like. And, um, and yeah, and I would, that's what I would kind of want for our child, our future, uh, whoever's else out there future that you do not have to be part of the system. The system is gross and broken. And, and you, all you have to do is put yourself in it for a hot second to see how like ugh, and it is. And, and, and I think by just kind of, it seems selfish, but if you just kind of focus on just loving yourself, loving your, you know, loving sure. your neighbors, whoever's kind of closest to you. And if we all did that, like, if we all just kind of loved ourselves, loved our our neighbors love you know the people to our right and to our left and and we just displayed uh kind of some grace so yeah this type of behavior that I think that would be better for us uh in our whole world and of humanity than it would be to go fight the all the bad stuff um so that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at right now. And, and who knows, maybe my answer to that would change in like a year or two or something, but, um, just, cre- just create whatever you want to create and know that it is not your responsibility uh, to, you know, go like right now the big thing is like, if you're not speaking out against like racial injustice, then you are a racist. Um, and, or if you're not, um, if you're not helping to get clean water for somebody in some third world country, then you just, you, you, you hate people or something like that. Or, um, and when I, when I just
0: we get a lot of messages sometimes being like, why aren't you guys standing up for these specific things that are going on in the world?
4: All these, yeah. All these, you know activists and things yeah. that are happening right now but it's just uh
0: but we kind of believe too that if you just if, if you love people then
4: I would say come to like come to our gym yeah like come to come to the reality that we've created and 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 mm-hmm. see for yourself you know the the work that we're doing to make change mm-hmm. and it's the work that we're doing to make change is is trying to change ourselves <laughs> And and trying to inspire others around us um.
0: that we see every single day, you know, like social media sometimes just gets overwhelming because they just think that like oh because we're not speaking up to the entire world we're not you know having change or fighting for something or so we just we would just rather spend that energy where. Don't get me wrong. We still speak out on Instagram and social media, but we're trying to spend that energy with the people and the community that we are a part of every single day. Because we, yeah, because we can tangible, right? It's right right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. We do,
4: and we go to work here too. It's uh, it's been incredible what we've, you know, the the programs that we've started, the the people that we've been able to help, and and um, it's it's kind of funny. It's like it's gotten to a point where like if you're not you know being an activist virtually uh then it, it's it's almost like you're you're not helping, helping anything <laughs> but you know we have where we have programs for special needs we have programs for underprivileged youth or what some people would i, I i'm learning that there's all there's this all this like political correctness right now and you're, you're like you're not supposed to like say like inner city kids or something like that and working with working with that or working with with mothers to help them on their their journey or um, or to work with uh, couples on how they communicate with one another like we're just
0: there's so many avenues we can't hit them all yeah
4: <laughs> sure. we rather than you know worrying so much about what we're doing in the virtual cyber world we just we try to we try to really bury ourselves into the reality that we've created where we just want to we want to, uh, not fight the bad, even though we don't, we, we don't like the bad, but we, we choose to fight for good and, and, um, and to share that good with people. And it's, I really, really, really enjoy the reality that we've created for ourselves because we're really happy in it. And, um, and it's, it's so much fun. Like I love, I love our life that we live and it's, it's, we've worked hard to create it for ourselves and and it's so crazy when we step out of it for a second we maybe go to like a grocery store or (laughs) uh we travel into some big city or something like that and you're just like Mm. whoa it's Mm. crazy that this is another
0: yeah but if we all keep doing that then that's going to spread into those big cities and spread into everywhere else you know so yeah.
4: You have to answer that.
0: was your a really question. long. Well, you kind of hit all spots talking <laughs> with that answer. Well, what, you what guys, have the the original question.
1: Go ahead, Scott. What I have to say is having met both of you at those regionals, you guys really do walk what you talk. And I respect that so much.
3: Yeah. You so I, Jen, you and I had a conversation at the 2019 games too, like in the beer garden and wow. you stopped and talked to me, like we you were best it? friends, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, I think we had met at Mac probably. Cause you were running around being like the team mom for those guys. And yeah. Uh, yeah, you're just, you're super down to earth and, you know, willing to talk to everybody. And I just think you guys really exude sort of this, this energy and effervescence. That's just really enjoyable to, to observe. So oh, I can't you thank so you much. enough for your time. I know things are hectic. Um, we wish you nothing but the best. We would want to celebrate star's birthday with you when that day comes. I'll let you um, know. I'll
0: email you for sure. That sounds great. And we
3: will be following, you know, your journey in the postpartum space and wish you the best of luck with podcast books, eBooks, whatever you guys want to put out there. Um, we just look forward to watching you, um, You know, expand everything. And Sam, we hope to see you, you know, on the individual floor someday soon as well. You'll see him in 2021 for sure. There you go. We'll be rooting for you. Thanks so much for your time again. And you guys have a great, great day. Yeah, Yeah, we love love you guys. guys. Love you too. Thanks so much. (laughs) Am I? Thanks so much for listening. And a special thank you to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear. Head over to rxsmartgear.com. For 15% off, everything with the exception of special editions and new releases, using our promo code. That's Clydesdale15, all caps.
1: Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms